recording if they like it, you know. All right. Well, let's so. start over again because we'll start just gibberish. <laughs> Go. Okay. Kurt Mascaro, welcome to the Studio Corner Podcast. Welcome again, back. yes. Yeah. I'm super excited to have you on. What oh. great timing. Thanks, man. I know <clears throat> you'd asked me, God, almost a year ago to do it again and just between touring and working and just scheduling has just been bonkers so you know what when you're a badass like you yeah a, a famous drummer and you're around touring with great bands and bringing wonderful music to the world that's a pretty good excuse i think i think i think so <laughs> i mean that's the good reason right i mean that is the reason it's not like yeah i'm blowing you off because i'm gonna no. watch you know the dodger game or whatever <laughs> <laughs> no absolutely i'm uh it's it's always an honor to be able to hang out with you talk to you oh, have man. you on the show Thank I'm, you I'm glad you're me. back from tour. I can start seeing you in the gym again. Yeah, right, God, man. Well, we were just talking earlier about not being at the gym because yeah. uh, both of our injuries. <laughs> well, what's crazy is like the injuries of musicians are totally not the injuries of the average person. So true. We're in such, like we said, we're in weird positions all the time. Yeah, and doing weird stuff to our body. <laughs> I mean, think about just the load-in and the load-out itself. Oh. Like... Guitars, amps, pedal boards, microphones, microphone stands, PAs, drums. Up and down, yeah. Up and down, setting it up, tearing it down, um, cutting your fingers because of whatever, you know, getting electrocuted. What, you know, all kinds. We're just it's up insane. to all kinds of stuff. Well, and then we have to be it's on weird. for like, you know, stage, you know, whether yeah. well, you're playing a small gig, big gig, whatever it is. Right. Like, you have to be on, you have to entertain, you have to act like everything's totally fine. Exactly. While you're like dying on the yeah, inside. Yeah, you're bleeding. <laughs> But uh, actually, my sponsor for the show right now, Prepost, uh, is a buddy of mine. He actually used to work at Gold's. Oh, nice. And he left to start this, and it's all about corrective training and, like, postural. And nice. with my shoulder, and with especially with guitar, because it's such a weird position, like we said, he actually is the one that, that helped me, like, just a ton get back to, like, normal plays. Nice. Because how many times is it, like, it's not necessarily that we hurt something to the point of no return. It's that we're moving wrong. We're moving improperly. Yeah, I mean, and just walking, walking to the bathroom. My cousin... Threw his back out, putting his pants on to go to the bathroom when he woke up. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. How do you, I mean, just the wrong movement. Slightest thing. The slightest thing. You just, yeah. And that's, he was laid out for weeks. Yeah. That's, putting his pants on. <laughs> well, it's just, it's just amazing to me. Especially because, you know, you're a drummer. You know, I'm a guitar player. I mean, I beat the crap out of my guitar, but you're a drummer. Like, it's so physical. Like, you would think the injury would come when you're doing this huge full body act, but... You know, it's always off, off the, off the stage, away from the drum set, one tiny thing. So. Oh yeah, I mean that's how I, I sprained my ankle at the gym, like an idiot. But right before tour do? too. Right before tour, <clears throat> yes, I'm hobbling around the whole time. That's that's pretty legendary though. You know, it's like <laughs> I, what was what was the Travis Barker thing? <clears throat> he uh, broke his arm and he played drums with one arm. Yeah, for like and an entire tour. Josh Freeze broke his leg and played. Uh, yeah, who was he out with? Devo, maybe Devo. Yeah, anyway, he no broke idea. his leg and is playing with one leg. Awesome. <coughs> or Dave Grohl when he sat in the throne because he broke his leg. Yeah. That was, I mean, that's yeah, the way that's to legendary. do it, right? If you're that's, a front man, yeah. if you're a front man, that's the way to do it. <clears throat> Hell yeah. So before we dive into what I want to talk about, I just want to give a, another reminder to everyone listening and to you, of course, because we're talking about the gym that I was, I was telling the story of the podcast to a friend the other day, and you are very much the reason that I found this idea. I don't know. 
Okay, so where's my T-shirt, man? <laughs> I'm still working on the merchandise. I got to get that. Uh... I'm the first guy that spawned this whole idea. Where's my freaking hat? Dude, you changed my life. <laughs> you literally changed my life. I was in oh, a terrible man. place. I was in a really, really bad place. And I walked into the gym that next morning, and sure enough, you were there. I remember that conversation vividly. I was on the bike, and you walked up to me, and you had this like long, drawn-out face. I'm like, man, what's up with Hyde? Because he's yeah. always so up. And yeah. You're like, I got to change it, man. I got to change it up. And I'm like, what's up? And you, you mentioned this, and here we are. Yeah. Look, what? Almost a year Almost later. Almost a year later. Yeah. yeah. So it's an honor to have you back on. Oh, man. man. Anytime. And I'm happy that you're out there kicking ass and bringing this inspiration that you gave to me to so many people <clears throat> and just inspiring so much amazing stuff. Um, so before we talk about tour, because I really want to ask you about touring and like, you know, set up and all that sure. stuff. I think that's a really important aspect that we don't get uh, that insight on okay. as non-touring people. Um, <clears throat> I was thinking about the idea of hired guns. Like, the hired musicians, the studio players, the session yep. players, basically, you know, me. Yeah, you. And you're you're at the top of your game. You're I mean, you're Kurt, Kurt Biscara, Kirky B, the groove master. I mean, your your name comes up in circles, and it's like that's a drummer, that's the guy. It's like, yeah, if I can afford to hire Kurt, I'm gonna hire Kurt, absolutely. But what I've noticed as a fan, not even as a musician, as a fan, I've noticed so much these bigger artists or even smaller artists. It's just it's not even bands anymore. It's artists hiring the bands. Right. And we're losing a lot of like, take the Foo Fighters, right? The Foo Fighters have been a band since day one or since they right. started. Like there's, you know, like the old school, like Zeppelin was a band. Metallica is still a band. They're not hired guns. It's not like, you know, James Hetfield and then his backup band, right? So why do you think uh, it's going so much more into the direction of hired guns? Well, I'll back up <clears throat> 10 seconds. And it's it's been like this for a long time. There are a lot of bands out there, and um, most bands, I would say, most more than others, they are a band, yes. But there's only one or two guys signed to the label. Oh. The other guys are um, hired guns. So I, I hate to burst anyone's bubble about that, but yeah, a lot of bands. It's either one or two guys, and then the other guys are hired. Even though it looks like a band, feels like a band, they act like a band, one or two guys get the mother load of the payment of you know uh, of the publishing and the writer's credit and all that stuff, and then the band is paid a salary. That's just how it's always been. Kind of like the John Mayer trio thing. Like John Mayer was signed to the label. Correct. To yeah. Paladino and I forgot. Yeah. The yeah. Other guy's uh, Steve Jordan. Yeah. Steve Jordan. Yeah. They're hired guns and probably got paid and compensated, you know, nicely. Yeah. And, you know, that just goes on all the time. So um, I guess the way to find out about that is to look at the credits to see who's actually writing the songs. You know, oh, okay. there are a lot of bands like, you know, for example, Cheap Trick, they split everything four ways. You know, yeah. there's four guys, four ways. You know, I mean, the Beatles. Yeah, Lennon and McCartney. You know, Ringo and George. You know, missed out on the motherload. Big but time. they wrote they wrote their stuff as well. You know, but yeah, I mean, I, I, with McCartney. them though, I feel like not that not to take away credit from the other two. Like with them, <clears> it was very much like there was a reason for the extra payment. Like there was amount of work writing songs, put forward things like that. Right. Um, well, it's actually uh, there's a Meta I always bring up Metallica. You know me. Uh, right. The Metallica documentary. Um, is it some kind of monster when they were doing um. St. Anger, the album, and they bring Rob Trujillo in. Yeah, Rob Trujillo, they give him the million that dollars. Dude, that was my favorite scene. That was so incredible. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. Uh, don't mark my words. Allegedly, I guess he 
is just paid like that, like paid well. I don't know if he's a member or not. Maybe they changed that, but well, because in the movie they they sat him down, and they told him like here, they gave him a million dollars to get his affairs in order because they're like you're a member of Metallica now, like it, oh. everything is four so ways. Oh, okay. And then the next scene was like them with the lawyer saying he gets twenty five percent of everything. Oh shit! Well, there you go. I mean, they may have changed. Exactly. It. I don't know, but um, <clears throat> but like I so there a lot of that goes on, but like that's unheard of today. Not yeah. that we didn't have hired guns back in the day, because we of course we did, right? Right. Right. Um, but it's just it's totally unheard of. You just don't see bands. You see like you know an artist get to a certain point, like all right, I've signed a deal. Let's get some musicians behind you, right? Right. Right. So why is that better? I don't know if if, if it's better or if it's just by design. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think the bands that are there that every member is a is a member and they contribute equally. Mm-hmm. There's something about that that is undeniable you know like like you said led zeppelin earlier i mean yeah magic all, to it they all contributed but then there's you know the dave matthews van band for example and dave matthews he's the head guy he's the guy that writes all the stuff and then everyone else is in the band and probably compensated accordingly so it's kind of like or they work out round. different deals or whatever some guys are members some aren't I don't, I don't know you know every every band and every situation is different so, yeah so <clears throat> The the time we're in with the idea of it's kind of, it's I mean it's just it's so hard to make it as a band it's so hard to make enough money to split four ways so the idea of having hired guns makes more sense I think in this day and age if you are a songwriter if you are a performer you know pop star whatever it's just it's more it's more popular yeah. I think well it's one person to deal with one person to deal with exactly and like one personality and while it, it makes sense to think that. Uh, yeah, it's a lot easier to do with. I think one of the things I'm noticing is the fact that all the musicians worth starting bands with won't start a band with you because they want to make a living and everyone is hiring the best musicians. Right, right. So where 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 are you finding this threshold? Where what's your opinion on? Because you I mean you make a living being a, one of the greatest drummers ever, right? At what I mean, did you ever have a point where you're like, hey? I'm gonna go try to be in one band and kick ass and do that, or it was it was it just like I want to be a hired gun? I want to play other musics. I want to you know make this kind of living. You know, it's funny you ask that because I did at one time want to be in a band and I and I was in a band, and we were called the Relatives and it was with the Inglesby brothers, Sean and John Inglesby, and um, we wrote some amazing music. We performed around town in clubs and stuff but it never really got to the place we all thought it would be because it's it's hard work man it's really hard work and when there's a manager involved and they're trying to get you to do things and write a certain way to be to become popular yeah then it it um kind of drains the uh, creative thing and it's like okay now we got to make it this way and it's not really our vibe and so long story short it, it never really saw the light of day because it just it cut into the fun creative part of what we were about and we thought that that would be the way to get signed but you know there's other elements of getting signed as a band you know it's all about vibe a look the tunes the and and quite frankly just luck of the draw and timing and yeah you know there's a lot of great bands out there that should be signed well there's also the idea that you know? it's you know in 2019 uh that being signed isn't necessarily the way to go 
like independent bands make it. Just yeah, like, yeah, like you know, that's almost like it's so old school now to say, yeah, I got signed. It's like now it seems like it's all about intellectual property. You own everything. You do everything. Like yeah. you know, your podcast. This is all your baby. Yeah, hundred percent. And so yeah, so you know what kind of work that goes into it, and what how much creativity and how much energy you need to put into it. But the return is whatever you put in. Yeah. Depending on well, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. You know, like for me being here, for example, it's like people aren't going to tune in, so you're not going to make any money. Ah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I have purpose care on my podcast. No one. Yeah, who in. cares? Whatever. Oh my god. But uh, I, I just, I think, I, I think I'm almost speaking from like my child guitar player in me. You know, when I was a kid and I was a guitar player, I'm speaking from that place. Yeah. Like, because growing up, I mean, I started playing when I was five years old. I'm not some like virtuoso. I'm not like, you know, Steve Vai over here. No, but it's always but, been a part of you. But it's been a part of me and I've always been better than everyone, most people my age. Yeah. Than me because I started so young and it's all, I mean, I skipped school like all the time to do this one Good thing. For you. Like that's all I did. Yeah. And growing up and even to, even today, like it was always so hard finding cats or just people uh, that could keep up that were dedicated enough. There's so many factors going to being part of a band, right? Right, right. Um, and, once all these people that would have done it found the passion, they were like, oh, I can be a session player. Oh, I can be a studio player and make way more money right away. Yeah, and, and that was that was, that was was the uh, attractive thing for me to be a sideman because I wanted to play a bunch of different style of styles of music. Like being in a band, it was that one thing. Whereas being a session player and being a hired gun, I could play with whoever the F would call me. Yeah. It's like, hey, we're doing a jazz trio thing. You want to do it? Yeah. Hey, we're doing a punk rock thing. You want to do it? Yeah. Like it, it's all, all over the map, and I think, for doing it for over, thirty years, it's it it's paid off, and I get to play a bunch of different styles of music, and it, it's made me a better musician. I know? I mean that's that and that that's that's a really exciting part about it too. I, I talked to a few. Uh, session players on here and just I mean most of my friends are session players if they're in the industry and they, a lot of them have the same response it's like it's great one you know there's a monetary value you can make a living as a musician but I get to play something new every day yeah yeah and that's that's totally kick-ass I'm all for that yeah hundred percent yeah um, but on the outside of it all these artists that are like all the people that are writing the songs all the people that are the front people you know front man front girl whatever it is it's like this industry of the only way for musicians to really make money is forcing these solo acts. It's forcing people to have to be able to pull off something by themselves. Right. So what do you think the future is for this? Do you think that it's going to play out in the sense of we're just going to have more John Mayers and more, um, I mean, even Simon and Garfunkel, right? They were, they were a duo. They pulled it off. But eventually there's these bands, these extra sounds, the extra players, right. like, you know, all this stuff. <clears throat> is it going to continue to be more solo acts and it's going to just hone even more solo act even more like an Ed Sheeran to the point where you're by yourself on stage? Or do you think that this will break at some point and people will jump on board with each other again? God, man. Well, I hope, I hope it turns back around to where there's actual human beings, multiple human beings on a stage making music. I was just having this conversation with a friend of mine. We were talking about what looks cool and what doesn't now it's 2019 and so when you tune in on tv or youtube or whatever and you see a, a festival going on and you see dead mouse and he's got a gajillion people waving their hands and it's him with a freaking mickey mouse hat on and rocking the joint it could be out in the middle of the desert yeah. it could be at a soccer stadium stadium in brazil and that's awesome and it looks cool it's like you know the light show and the 
<clears throat> pyrotechnics it's off the chain but then you get a band out there with dudes like slinging guitars and shoegazing and looking down it looks old timey and i'm a musician i'm a drummer yeah. and and even sometimes when i look at bands with a drummer it's like wow that guy is hitting these round things and it looks old looks primitive yeah and <clears throat> i know it's going against what i do but we're just in changing times right now and i don't know if it's just going to boil down to one person but i do know this it takes human beings multiple human beings to make great music i mean you could be prince and do it all by yourself or whoever but there's always outside help somewhere an engineer uh just because there's one person on stage doesn't mean that there's not a huge yeah i mean because there's technicians involved there's lighting a lighting crew a tech crew there's it takes in other words what i'm trying to say is it takes multiple humans to make something happen for one artist or a band hmm. or an orchestra or so i hope it goes the way of continuing to just have creativity and artistry at its highest whether it's one person or a band and we just shed all that idea of what it should be and what it is like that's an awesome band or that dude is awesome playing yeah. ukulele all by himself or so if it's good, people will listen. People will buy the tickets. People will um, like that. stream. I like that, and I, I fully support what you said. If it's good, it's got to be good, right? Yeah, yeah it's got to be good. If it's crap, you know. It doesn't matter how I mean, many I could, lights you have. Yeah, we, yeah, we could go on, on social media right now, and we'll see a ton of crap, but there'll be a few that, that stand out. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And <clears throat> like I was saying earlier, it's like there's just so much out there, and you have to you have to – you know, weed through it and you'll find the gems and you'll find the stuff that really hits home. Yeah. But a lot of it is just some person's idea of what they think is happening. Mm. I, like, I like that. And and a lot of the times they haven't been there enough, been there meaning on tour, been there meaning in a band, schlepping their own gear outside of their bedroom, hmm. doing it. You know, I, I came up in a time where, you know, I had to pack my drum set in a Volkswagen and get to gigs you know that was and and my friends you know Marshall half stack in a Volkswagen God. but Those yeah old ones are heavy too yeah <laughs> yeah dude and it's so it's like I know that doesn't exist anymore I mean it does I guess to a degree but now it's all we're all laptop musicians now everything is accessible either on our iPhone or our laptop so you think like, you think the solo act is inspiring a lot more electronic production then? yeah pretty much you know, and <clears throat> everything is recorded onto some d digital device. You know, when I came up, it was tape. Yeah. And so now it's all digital going to a, you know, a, a uh, solid state drive. And now it's not even recording. It's just the sounds, you know, mixing sounds. Yeah, exactly. There. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, everyone's mixing their album or CD or <laughs> CD. That sounds old time. He doesn't mixing their. Well, it did until Tool released a freaking CD that sold out. Right. <laughs> But it's so funny, vinyl. If you say vinyl, that's so cool. But that goes way back. Yeah. But um, I lost my train of thought. Uh, yeah, you know, just making making music and making it accessible. And if it's good, 
people will people will will get to it you know what what i think is really interesting and this is this is me going down the rabbit hole the other day <laughs> that's why i texted you i was like really excited about i was like i want to i want to talk to kurt about this i feel like he's gonna have something to say um i feel like what's happening is because musicians get to a certain level they're good enough where they're like forget a band i'm gonna go be a session player i'm gonna play all the time time music i'm gonna tour with everyone you know get what 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 better job right be able to be creative with so many different people right so those musicians are taken. Then you have these lower tier musicians who can't get hired, right? And you have these artists that are writing. I'm not going to hire the bad musicians, right? I don't want to. I don't want to put up with this. I want to hire the best musicians, right? But then they're like, I don't have the budget. So then there's like there's this little gap where these artists want to want to break through. There's this is breakthrough gap. I'm discovering that if they want to break through, they have to be so good at what they do that they can do it on their own. So that someone else will come in and support the the, uh, the other musicians, the right. good musicians. Right. And I think, as as <clears throat> much as we'd love to see that next great rock band on stage, you know, the drums, the guitar, and bass, you know, as much as that is cool as that is, you know, you're right, it is old. It still works totally fine. But there has to be an aspect to every act, whether it's electronic, band, orchestra, doesn't matter, yeah. where someone has taken it skill wise to a level that hasn't been shown yet. So people like you can be brought in. And I think it's great because I, I think it's forcing kids my age, 25 and even younger, like kids just starting out to know that if I'm going to do this, I have to be freaking good at this. Right. Or if you're not good at the artistry or creative part of it, you're good at the technical aspect of it because mm. we all need great technicians oh at, God, at doing yeah. something, at recording something or uh, filming something it's it, you know it's all it all at the end of the day becomes hand in hand you know with with the technical aspect and the creative so i you know i don't know it's it's a weird time right now it, it, it's it's shifting and i i see the shift i hear the shift you know i've never heard drums so perfectly executed and it's either loops programmed and it's all these great you know drum plugins that are out there that you know i use superior drummer three by tune track and it's the best out there and i i use it because it's like you know what i don't have time to set up my drum so i'm going to program yeah. use my drum cat and and trigger these sounds because you can now and before it was like oh man we got to hire a studio and go in and it's you know 2500 so bucks a day and yeah. you got to get a second engineer and so let me ask you something about that, actually, because I'm, I'm very curious as a as a top level session player, um, if someone hires you for your drumming and you don't have time and you program it, is that a different price because you're not actually physically playing like playing your drums and miking stuff? Well, it all depends because, you know, the 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 client artist may want it to be electronic. Oh, so they'll literally be like, hey, I want you to program. Yeah, I want you this. to program it and I want all the MIDI files and I want all the sounds interesting just in case if i want to change it later on down the road oh wow which is, so, yeah. yeah and i you know being a studio musician that used to be a drag because i thought oh man fuck they don't dig my drumming or my drum sounds or the way it feels or whatever but now it's like because everything is so instantaneous and it's all digital format and it could be manipulated i don't care anymore it's like okay i'm going to give you what i do once bye yeah. You could do whatever you wanted. You could chop it up. You could yeah. remix it to smithereens, whatever. Because I'm just providing information, and you're going to take that information and re, re, 
rearrange that yeah. information. So it's almost like they're not even hiring Kurt the drummer; they're hiring Kurt the programmer. Yeah, Kurt so the like programmer. So like you've opened up a whole new like avenue of this of work. Basically. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's something I was doing thirty years ago, but it's come back around. But with technology being better, and um, you know, because budgets are what they are now, and time uh, frames are much shorter. I mean. Yeah. I mean, I used to do records in the 90s, man, where it was like we just took a week to get drum sounds. A week. Oh, how beautiful is that? Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> okay, today we're going to do tom-toms. Do, 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 you know, and it just, that's what I did for the week and got paid for it. But now. No one does that. No, you can't. can't afford it. There's no money, you yeah. know. Well, no, I mean, also, I mean, take me, for example. Like, I have, I have my own little studio. Like, if I brought my drummer in and wanted to be like, hey, let's spend this next week getting just drums. He wouldn't even be down for that. Like no one's gonna be down for that. No, no God, no. Unless no one's gonna. He put was up compensated. With that. Yeah. Even if it, it's and it's almost more like if it's even if it's your own music, like no one actually wants. Like why can't we just program that? Right. Stuff, right. Why can't we'll, we'll compress well, it later? Well, well, there's you know? there's there's the difference right there. You you youngins, um, you guys are all about the programming and hey, forget that. I have a Cubase and we'll just put the loop yeah. up and I got it. Whereas when I was coming up, it was like oh man, well let's record a drum track or drum loops or whatever and then we'll figure it out from there so now everything is so instantaneous and so easy to and i use the phone because man there's been records made on phones. oh my god yeah so i guess what i'm trying to say is it everything is accessible more than ever now but the way you use it and how creative and it better be good yeah you know that's yeah, I, I like I like that you said that. I feel like that's really important what you just said. I feel like it's super important for everyone to understand that just because, you know, things have changed doesn't mean you can't do it all the way. You can do the old If you have the time and the money, do it the old way. Do it whatever you want. Yeah. Like, get, what, get the sound you want, but don't act like technology or these, you know, pads with beats on them. Like, don't act all this as, is ruining anything because it's still the human creating, the, you know. Yeah, I mean, so. at the end of the day, although I'm going to sidetrack you in this one. Let's Maybe do it. You've heard about it. Okay, so dig this. All right, so... Uh, well, let me finish my thoughts. So at the end of the day, it really is about creativity and 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 artistry, and it and it's got to be badass. Badass, you know, and and that's subjective because what I may think is badass, someone will be like, "Oh, that's shite. No way. Yeah. Uh, I'm not into it." But again, that's art, right? Some some people look at a painting of Van Gogh and go, yeah. "Crap, I dig you know Monet better." Yeah, well, the but whatever, two geniuses taste. though. Yeah, two geniuses though. So I was uh, a friend of mine was like, "Hey man, have you checked out Sony? You may know of this. They have this AI program now where you give it your song. Oh, so God. let's say you do a vocal and an acoustic guitar track, and you feed it to this. I, I, I don't know the name of it, but a friend of mine was reading it in Newsweek magazine or something. And it's this AI program that if you give it the song without drums." It will spit back at you three possibilities on how your song will sound with a drummer. Are you kidding me? No. So my job is screwed, but it's not. And here's why. I'm me. That machine, that AI is AI, and it's going to do what whoever told it to play. Could be other drummer, programmer dudes that are giving it beats to play, but I'm me, man. The how cool master. is that? How cool is that? And that's that's the thing I I try to push when I do like a master class to kids is tell them you're you and there's no one else like you. So the way Hyde plays guitar, 
no one plays guitar like that. That's your feel. That's your sound. Your that's what you do. Hmm. It's like when you open your mouth and sing. It's like, oh shit, that's high. Oh man, you know, you run in the room and check it out or whatever. Yeah. That's your unique unto anybody else. Oh, I love that. And 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 we could do sound alikes and pretend that we're somebody. And you know, and there's a a million of them. There's Elvis yeah. Presley and Michael Jackson impersonators. Mm-hmm. I mean, all day long. But at the end of the day, you got to be yourself in any art form, you know, martial arts, boxing, anything, man. There's, there's those, there's those dudes that are amazing fighters and why, why are they amazing? They do something that's a little different from the rest of them. Interesting. Yeah. So now take that idea. Cause I agree with you a thousand percent. I mean, everything we do, breathing is our own type, you know, type of breathing. Yeah. It's down to that smallest form. Like everything we do is, is uh, innate, it's creative yeah. because it's us doing it. Correct. There's no one else quite like us. There may be billions of other people, but no one is exactly quite like right, us. Right, right. So now take that idea and take me hiring Kurt with his drum set and me hiring Kurt with sounds that are in a computer for him to mess with. So does that kind of, I wouldn't say stop, but kind of suffocate that idea of, you know, your you. No, because the way I play either the, live drums or the electronics feels like me. Interesting. So that's what, everything. What about touch? Feel. Same. I know how to play electronics. I know how to manipulate the electronics for it to assimilate real drums. So you, you have to you have intention with everything you do is what you're saying. Well why do it if you don't? I'm very happy you said that because there's a, there are a lot of what is the intention mus- behind it? Yeah, well, there's a lot of people that would say like it's free, don't have intention, just let it happen, and it's like this. I agree with that. You know, be free, but if you're not touching, if you're not playing, if you're not grabbing, if you're not yeah. feeling with intention, or at least feeling and then having intention from feeling, then it it almost feels like the the uniqueness, the part that makes you a creative disappears. Yeah, reminds me of that. Motley Crue movie that just came out. Did you see that? I have not seen it. Oh, dude, it's. So I'm good. afraid to watch it, man. I went it's to school good. with Nikki Six's kids. Yeah, and I got to meet Nikki Six like three or four times, yeah. and he was like, "I'm not a huge Motley Crue fan, but he was just such a nice guy." Yeah, I'm yeah. like afraid to watch the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, man. I'm not, such well, a good guy. Well, it, it's a it's a good movie, in the, and, and it's nowhere near, I'm sure, what happened in real life. But oh, man, it just it just that's a great example of a band going through the machinations of becoming a band, reaching the highest of highs, the lowest of lows, yeah. and then coming out at the end, you know, and that's that's the journey. And I and I think, you know, up and coming artists are so quick to, man, I just want to be a rock star and I'll do anything to do it. Yeah. Anything. And it's like, well, wait a minute, aren't you shouldn't you be honing and practicing and shedding and so when you get there, you're prepared and ready and you can be at the top of the world because you're yeah. great at what you do. Well, when you get there, like you're going to get punched, like you're going to get things thrown at you, oh, but dude. like you at least be good at what you do. Don't, yeah. let, don't let that yeah. take, don't let anyone yeah. take that from you. But if you suck at something, suck good at it. Cause it's like, you know, as you know, there's suck good at it. Yeah. Cause there's, <laughs> there's people that suck, great. but they're, but they're awesome at whatever, you know, they're awesome at like, you know, call it the, I call it the Bob Dylan complex, his voice. He had the worst voice ever. Yeah. But the guy, but it's, he was, it's legendary. Yeah, he's legendary. You know, right. his voice, it worked for him, you know. So, yeah, there's, there's a way to suck, I guess. Man, that's a good T-shirt. Suck good at it. Suck good at it. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. That, that, would, that, yeah, would go off, not, that would probably go off pretty poorly That's kind today. of 
But, Hashtag me too kind of thing. Yeah, right suck there. good at it. Yeah, no, that no. Don't do that. Don't. Put a guitar on it, maybe. It'll be fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, design, oh, oh. shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like designing it in my head. <laughs> yeah, oh, God. <laughs> uh, so with um, with all this, because I really like where we're going with this. I like. I want to dive a little bit deeper into this. Go. Music. Music. Musician social skills. There's a we're the set, worst. Well, there's a, not even like and like sitting not sitting at a bar, but like being a musician around other musicians, jamming, uh, writing, showing up as a session player, working with a band. There's these social skills that have to be developed through the idea of I can't do this alone. Through the idea of I need to be able to work with other people. But because we're a lot of these new artists and young kids are being forced to work out of their bedrooms with laptops, they're losing these social skills. So how do we bridge that gap? How do we get those social skills that we once used to have because we had to go out and oh, play? Oh, that, that's real simple. Get out from the bedroom and the laptop and go jam with other musicians. But, I mean, it's it's so hard now because no one wants to jam. They're just like, oh, I'm focusing on my project. I want to get my, my record out. I'm producing it. No one. There's not a lot of uh, open avenues to hang out and jam with other musicians anymore. Well, that's, that's a good question to ask you, I think. Why do you think, these up and coming musicians don't want to create together. They don't have the skill. They don't have the, they don't have any, there's no, they don't have to. Is there a driver desire for these up and coming musicians to, to want to make music with other others? Or is it more based on, I have my idea and it's all about me. All right. This is a loaded question. I'm going to, I'm going to answer this truthfully from the bottom of my heart. What I truly think is what's going on. Go. I think we live in a generation in an era where motivational speakers, inspiring people that have already succeeded can use the platform of Instagram to inspire us creatives to assume that we're fine on our own. That as long as we post every day, that as long as we film everything we do, as long as we act like we care about it, we're good enough. What that does is it starves us as musicians, as creative people, as artists, as anybody. It starves us. starves us not only of social you know, pleasures of connecting with other people, it starves us of the actual no hesitation factor. When you're jamming with someone, you don't hesitate. You flow with the next movement. You flow with someone else's vibe because someone else's energy being expressed in, right. a, buck, in, in a physical room will never match you sitting behind a computer screen. And now it's great. I support that everyone wants to put their stuff out there, but everyone thinks that they're good enough to have an audience, to good enough to you know, succeed and have all this stuff that takes, as you know, blood, sweat, tears, wow, grinding, yeah, and work. Yeah, wow. They think they get to have that because they can say, I stand by what I, what I do and I believe in it. Now, rule number one is you got to entertain. Rule number two is stand by what you do. Those are my two rules, first two rules. Wow. But after that, if you're not putting yourself in a position, I don't care if the musician or the other person, whoever you're spending time with is so bad at it, it makes you sick, or so good it, it makes you sick again, you spend time with both those people because that's still better than you sitting by yourself. Now, I'm not saying that you can't succeed that way because people do it all the time. Right. But I think that pe- we don't want to play with each other because why bother wow, when I can sit there and believe in myself? So in other words, what you're telling me is that it's better to believe in yourself than to believe Something along bigger. with others? That's what it's becoming because you know what the thing sad. is everyone because it's all about judgment. I can comment, I can like, I can dislike, I can you know react, I can do, I can do all this stuff, right? Tag you and tell you you're bad, this and that. It's all about the judgment. So we put ourselves out there expecting to be judged super hard. So when we put ourselves out there, we say I don't need anybody but myself. When in reality, 
We're believing ourselves, which is great. You should never lose that. But how much better is it to believe in yourself, but also believe with in something others. bigger? Oh, which is, absolutely. You know, jamming with someone, playing a song and having someone else bring their touch and create something bigger. That's what it's all about. That's yeah. where music connects. That's where it's power. Well, is. well, get, getting back to the self thing, it's it's because we're glued to these things, staring at it, tweaking our necks, looking <laughs> at it all the time. This device has become something that, you know, so I'm pulling away from it. And I'm, and I'm like, for example, when my wife and I go out to eat, sometimes we see a family Dude. and the kids are on the phone and they should be hanging with mom and dad having dinner. But no, they're texting their friends and whatever they're doing. And it's like, wow, the world, the mind has gone into into a device yeah. as opposed to the, to the mind coming out into the world yeah with other human beings nature the gym <laughs> you know it's any, like, this is the anything. synthetic world right here yeah synthetic you know and form of the actual world and and, and 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 i think we're all and i'll include myself we're yeah. all thinking that this is the gateway to bettering ourselves success um what, whatever yeah. Like you said, on Instagram, you know, it's, it's just endless. And and we all have those friends or know people that they just post nonstop. And it's like, dude, do you, do you have a job? Do you do yeah. anything else other than just sit around and, well, there's you know, also whatever. Like, well, like, it's like crazy. I don't mind if people, like, I've, I've said this before on the show, like I like Instagram as a platform to share what you're doing. Right. Not to create a life because people are watching now. You know, be doing something, and if you want to share that, share it. Yeah, it's you know, but share it with the with the knowledge that you are sharing this for the rest of the world to see. Don't get an Instagram. Don't take social media. Don't take this idea that we can connect and create your life based off of it. Right. Yeah, and and I, I think another misleading thing is that there have been people that have have been very successful at using social media as a way of making money. Oh, absolutely! I did so that people, for two years. Yeah, so people, yeah, so you know, so <laughs> yeah. it's like, wow, here's a here's a platform in which I can make an income, yeah. doing whatever you know, making duck faces, you know, and or I don't know, whatever you know, tagging a brand, you know, yeah, tagging a brand, and and that's another weird thing. It's like everyone's about a brand now. Ugh. It's like before, it was just kind of like, yeah, this is what I do. Oh, okay, that's cool. That's really original. But now it's like, okay, I'm a brand. The two words I hate. Brand and sustainable. Ooh. What is sustainable? To me, su something sustainable is something that is built to last. Yeah. That's called sustainable, not a freaking. You as a person need to be sustainable. You need to be sustainable in yourself. You're yeah. built to last and be who you are yeah, whatever, exactly. day, whatever day that is. So know? whoever invented that whole word and that phrase of being sustainable, man, they're genius because it, it's convinced a gajillion people to think, oh, man, if I make this sustainable, then I'm helping the environment and I'm helping myself and I'm helping others. No, man, it's just a word and a catchphrase that just caught on to whatever. Well, there's no substance behind it anymore. Yeah, and, anything. And you can say, yeah, this sticker is sustainable. <laughs> is it? Yeah, if I stick it here on my forehead. For like I'm, a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, man. I don't know. I don't know. We're in a weird time right now. Hi. It's crazy. Well, it, it's, it's a weird time, but it's also exciting because – and I, I – I think I've said this almost every episode at this point. 2020, actually, Carlos was the first person I had this conversation with. 2015, I told him, 
Carlos, I have a feeling I could see it happening the way the industry is going, the way, you know, social media is going, where everything's going. By the end of 2020, we will be entering a musical renaissance. It'll be the redemption of music and arts. And the reason is because we are so oversaturated and so drowned in all this, so desensitized, so all these, you know, all those big words you want to use because of social media, right? What's going to happen is, as we were talking about earlier, people are forced to be so freaking good at what they do. They're forced to be so different and so good and so talented and so skillful that genius music and incredible musicians and art and everything is going to start pouring out because all the saturated stuff is saturated for a reason because anybody can do it. And the people that do want to stand out are hiding and work. Look right. at Mateus Asato, the guitar player. That guy is 26 now. He's a year old to me. That guy has already been labeled as one of the greatest humans to touch a guitar. Wow. 20 freaking six years old. And wow. I agree with everyone that says that. Okay. What bands has he played in? Has he toured? Has he written any songs? Oh, yeah. He's Tori Kelly. He's a guitar player. Okay. He plays anybody. If you if you follow him, anybody that can get their hands on him for even for a night, they do. Okay. So he's he's an established musician. And Absolutely. He makes, makes a living and he's... He's badass. legendary. Yeah. Legendary. Wow. That's amazing. I want to check him out. I love him. He's 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 truly a, a he's a very hopeful person. Um, now, but it's those people, uh, both men and women, boys and girls, that set that standard that are just absolutely outstanding. Mm-hmm. So that's that mark that we all try to get to to be outstanding. But then there's this thing called um, spectator sport. Like I feel like music has become a spectator sport like i mm. when when you go on social media it's like yeah you see these guys just shredding yeah. drums guitar whatever and it's like wow that is so amazing but acrobatic does that make sense like yeah it's just, i know that's a great word like it's use. like it's like not that. anything that you would ever use in the real world maybe maybe live at a concert you know but in general music just i i, I just don't see that being I don't see a, I don't see or imagine a drummer juggling a bowling pin and, uh, and a drumstick and a yo-yo at the same time at a concert. Maybe for a split second, yeah, yeah that's entertaining. But, but that's getting back to that point. It's like this becomes spectator. And whatever happened to just closing your eyes and listening to music, oh, and just man. feeling, and allowing music to take you away into that place where it's safe and and you you connect with it. You you lock in and go, yeah, man. I know who I am today. Hmm. I mean, I could tell you a gajillion songs when I grew up of what songs made me, gave me confidence or made me feel bad or whatever. I don't know what music today makes anyone feel like anymore. It just seems like it's just a drone because there's so much of it. Well, I, I'm I'm a firm just, believer in the fact that in the that in order to write music or create music that reaches people the way you're talking about, you have to be skillful enough. Yeah. You have and vulnerable to, and vulnerable. And I, and that's what I mean. I mean the fact that because there's so much saturation, this necessity to be so good, like I'm not talking about just shredding. I'm not talking about just skill. I'm talking about taking the ability like, all right, I'm playing at a professional level, whatever that may be. And using that for something unique. I'm not just shredding the next, you know, 15 scales in half a second. I'm not just, you know, double bass triggers for the next 20 minutes. I'm not. Yeah. And all that stuff's fun. It's great. Like, I admire yeah. that. I think it's bad. Me too. I, 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 I watch all that. But, as, yeah. but when we're, what we're talking about, like this idea of musical renaissance is the fact that these people take these concepts, 
they master them not because they want to be the next star on Instagram that can play the fastest or do this cool thing, but because they want to create incredible music that reaches us. Right. I, I had a moment, um, I posted on my Instagram about it, actually, sure enough, I made a little video talking about, and I was encouraging everyone to, you know, listen to music, you know, and take the time to listen to good music, a song that they love, because I was, once again, I was in a stressful time, like two weeks had gone by and I felt very out of my own skin, felt very out of place. And I got in my car one morning. I was re feeling really, really just, just dry, almost like like life was dry. Yeah. And I put on a, a, I put on John Mayer, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, this song called "I Guess I Just Feel Like" came yeah. on. Very simple song, and I must have listened to it forty-five times that day. Yeah, yeah. It struck, and it took it moved me, you. It took me to that place, and I was like, "This right here, this feeling I'm getting because an artist or a creative person created something like this. This didn't come from the fact that John Mayer is the greatest songwriter or this and that. It's the fact that he's mastered a craft, and he's allowed himself to take those skills and dive so vulnerably into it. Yeah, that this it was inevitable. Yeah, it was yeah. inevitable. Agree, I totally agree with that, and that's that's where I think as creative people we need to tap into that more, and as opposed to tapping into self, tapping into what others. Are doing being saying and having yeah. <clears throat> and having because they may be doing being saying or having that one thing that we need to have for that day to get us through mm -hmm. you know you know not to get morbid or dark but you know suicide rates and things like that yeah. it's just you know there, there's so much negativity that we got to bring the positivity back I feel. well even in negativity like the right song and I, we, I talked about this a few episodes ago. We, the right music will take the burden of your feelings. Listening to a sad wow. song when you're sad doesn't make you more sad. It takes the burden of what you're feeling for a moment. Yeah. So yeah. you can survive. Yeah. Wow. That's what music is. Yeah. Like, you know, empathetic songwriting has been like a game changer since day one, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. Well. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, and uh, this is brought to you by Prepost. And uh, um, well, no, do you mind if we jump into tour talk a little let's bit? Let's go, man. All right, I'm, so, I'm, I'm here. So now I thought you were only on tour with Sarah McLaughlin because you told me you're going on this big tour, which is great. And then you get back, and I'm watching your Instagrams. You played with Katy Perry the other night or something. You played with this person. Now, yeah, like, dude, yeah, you're yeah, killing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, and just you know. It, <laughs> Again, you know, being a sideman, I get to do all kinds so of stuff. Cool. It is cool. I I love my job. You know that saying: if you f if you find a job you love, you never work a day in your life. Yeah. It's so freaking true, man. Like to get paid to play drums. How cool yeah, is that? That's the coolest. It's literally it is. The coolest. It is the coolest <laughs> to get paid to do what you love. Yeah. And I think that's everything in life. I love that. Um. So. Sarah McLaughlin tour. Now t take a show with Sarah McLaughlin and then take the show with Katy Perry. That's First of all, let me correct. Sorry. It's McLaughlin. McLaughlin, sorry. <laughs> but a lot me, of people everybody. say McLaughlin. McLaughlin. A lot of people say I've, I've only ever McLaughlin. heard it said that way. McLaughlin. McLaughlin. Sarah McLaughlin. Okay, so with Sarah McLaughlin, <laughs> drumming for her and drumming, you know, at the at the Katy. I didn't, I don't know exactly what you did with Katy Perry, but I imagine you were part of the band that you had to play. I was in the house band. We played behind all house those band. artists. So. Yeah. That's I imagine is two very different types of music. Two different entirely different realms. So, do you have like a, a routine or a ritual that helps you switch? Because you do play so many different genres with so many different artists. There's got to be like a mental thing where it's like, all right, I'm playing this. Kurt switches into next gear, which is this one. Yeah, I mean, it's like anything where 
I mean, you, sports or I don't know. It's it's like anything. It's like okay, I mowed the lawn yesterday, but today I got to edge the grass. So let me get the edger. Okay. Or okay, yesterday I waxed the car, but today I'm just going to polish it. Wax and polishing are two different things. Yeah. So you just adjust accordingly to that, you know. And I think because I've been doing it for so long, I know what's expected of me, and I know what's ex- well. First and foremost, I know what the music calls for. Mm, I love it. Doesn't call for big bashing. It calls for subtlety and support for the vocals and the melody. Whereas you know, playing, I don't know, with Elton John or whoever, it's a little more drive and umph to it. You know, or I think that's a, an incredibly important skill and uh, view that you have that you're sharing right now. That because uh, a lot of us want to be like, oh, it doesn't make sense. Like I want, I want to give it my all. Yeah, you know, to pay attention to what the song requires. Yeah, and that that was me. I mean, when I was coming up, I was like, okay, this one volume that works for everything. <laughs> As I got older, eleven. Yeah, eleven <laughs> works for everything. And it did when I was a teenager. It totally worked for Hell everything. Yeah. But then as I got older and I got wiser and I started getting more gigs and the music started spreading out in different genres, I knew I had to pull back or give everything or keep it in between. Or this song is up, this song is down. I have to be able to control my mental state, my physical state, my creativity, the approach. It's you know, And that's... That to me is what a great musician can do is to be able to go to any situation and adapt to it, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and being a sideman, and I've worked with the best side guys, you know, studio guys, and they, they just could walk into any session and adapt themselves. Oh, dude. You know, and they get made fun of. I get made fun of all the time. Oh, yeah, you're a sausage player. It's like, yeah, motherfucker, I am a sausage player. What does they, that mean? Grinding up all a bunch of different meats and making sausage. So they're making fun of you for being the best at what you do? Yeah, but, yeah, well, <laughs> you know, I, I, I see the point. It's like, you know, it's like, you know, uh, what, what's that saying? Uh, Jack of all trades, master of none. I get that. Okay. You know, it's like I play a bunch of different music, but I'm not. I'm not a sausage. I have a. You're the groove master. Well, I. I if you I need have... a groove, you call Kirby. <laughs> That's like facts of life. <laughs> but it. But it's. It, but but it's like you know, it, it's it's personality based. It's 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 what I add to the music is why I get called, and I'm not the call for everybody. Yeah. And, you know, there's a ton of people that you know. I think I talked about it in your first interview, me walking into an audition and they just looked at me and said nope you're out done and just because and i i get it i get it i'm not blonde haired and six foot tall i totally get it and that's the vibe for whatever that scene was but it you know there's validity in 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 us all like i was saying earlier you're high and the way you play guitar the way you sing that's that's definite that is what that is yeah can't take that away can't let that go no man you shouldn't compromise that. No. I mean, and I, I've talked, we've probably talked about this before as if, you know, like you said, if they're hiring you, they're hiring Kurt. Yeah, they want you. They, they want. They don't want someone else behind the drums. They want Kurt behind yeah. the drums. Yeah. And that, that means something. That's right. a statement. Like, like, you know, earlier about programming drums, it's like, yeah, they could program it. Yeah. But. They want you to Maybe do it's it. better to have a drummer program it because it'll sound and feel more like a drummer. A drummer. That's actually interesting. Live, I imagine, like, you know, take Katy Perry. I don't listen to a lot of Katy Perry, but I imagine there's a lot of electronic tracks. Someone, you know, controlling the electronics, and then there's a band playing with that. 
I imagine. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm sure you've played shows where you've played to like you know, oh yeah a yeah beat. now yeah, is all the time and I I'm sure the answer is no but do you ever feel discouraged being the drummer behind a louder beat no no what, I what? used to I used to yeah. before all that became popular because I thought I'm the drummer I should be the leader and it's yeah. like no that's not serving the song Interesting. if the song is primarily machine based and that's the vibe and then the real drums come in on the bridge or something and then the Go that's away it. again. That's what the song is, and that's what it's requ- required. That's what's required of me to play the live yeah. drums during the bridge. I'm fine with that. Because at the end of the day, the check yeah. cashes the same. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also, you know, it's <laughs> every day can't be like the big, incredible day. Like every day can't be the shredding guitar solo, right? No. I, it's something I tell myself all the time every day can't be the epic solo. Like, no, I get called to come in and do cymbal swells. Oh yeah, but the ca- the check cash is the same, and the experience is still the same, and it requires the same amount of skill and effort. And but uh, you, as a musician, you find your own joy, and even in those small moments. Oh hell yeah, and th- that's, and so, the, that's the key. And, and those are the things that I think are most enjoyable is to be able to enjoy something that is so like mundane or so simple. What someone would say, oh that's lame. You got called to go do cymbal swells. Yeah, but through that i learned how to swell a cymbal yeah with felt beaters or a stick or mastered it yeah and you you i don't know it's just part of the job description it's like a construction worker one day you use a hammer the other you use a phillips screwdriver or or a or a nail gun or every situation requires different tools and you have to be good at all of them yeah or at least not at well I don't know about the best, but well, that's I, why you're at you know top tier. You know that's that's why it's not rocket science. I think it's it's really not rocket science. This idea, like, oh, how do you get to that level? How do you you know? I'm not at that level, but it's it's from all these guys like you that I've talked to that are at that level. It's pretty clear. Like, know how to do your you know whatever the right. skills, guitar, drums, whatever it is. Right. Whether you know how to do this one thing, you may never do it in your life, but you have to know. So when someone says, I need this, that way you can not only do it, but you can bring who you are to that skill. Right, right. And that's what we pay for, isn't it? Right, right, exactly. Yeah. You're exactly right. So when you're on tour, I imagine you're with different musicians all the time. Um, now, McLaughlin, Sarah McLaughlin, you, know, you were on tour for what, two months with her? Yeah. Now, you're with that band, and you're a hired gun. You're the hired drummer. Uh-huh. When you're on tour, do you feel like a hired drummer, or do you feel like you're in the band? Oh, no. It's it's total band experience. It's a family. We all get along. It's all amazing to be together. She's the artist, and I'm hired to support her. Mm-hmm. That's my job, is to be her drummer and to support the music, to make it as musical as possible, to... to to support that vision of what she wrote yeah of those songs you know she's written amazing songs oh, yeah. you know she's, and i can say that incredible. about everyone i've ever played with and, th- and that's the thing is you know touring <clears throat> a lot of people think it's it's glamorous but it's not man <laughs> a, a, a friend of mine who's a tour manager said it best he said the 2 hours on stage is a given that's what you're hired for to to play the music obviously but what really matters is the other 22 hours of the day because you're hired 
to go play music, but there's those other 22 hours, checking in the hotel, bus rides, plane rides, train rides. Was it Chris Gratton that said this to you? No, no, uh, no, he Mark said, St. He Louis. He had, he had a lot to say about that exact same concept on the on our episode together. Yeah, and, 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 and you have to get along with people, and you have to be on time. You have to be professional. You have to stay healthy. You have to... I mean, there's so many things, and so it's yeah. like it's not glamorous, like partying every night, and chicks, <laughs> and yeah, that's fine. That that exists, but it's just a minuscule part of the day. Yeah, you got to check into a hotel at god ungodly hours at four in the morning. You're checking into a hotel, dragging ass out of your bus, out of your bunk, checking in, sleep, get up at one o'clock. So what? That's you know six, seven hours of sleep. Get lucky. up, sound check. You know, crew meal, play the show, get back on the bus, travel another 400 miles to the next city. Like, it's bonkers, man. It's, you know, I've been doing it since I was 19, but, you know, it it's 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 wearing and it's hard. And and that's what you really get paid the money for per it, week. To, to yeah. Push through. Yeah. Yeah. So, because the drumming part, that's easy. Yeah. I mean, compared to all that, yeah. being able to do what you love is the easiest part, right? But to get on a plane at seven in the morning, it's like waking up at six. So you're, oh no, five. So yeah. you shower and do the three Cramped S's. Cramped up all the time. Yeah. Funny, Chris Gratton said the same thing. I asked, I think I asked him um, what was like the number one thing that splits up bands uh, on tour. And he's like, they just don't know how to like get space from each other. Like the ability to be in the same room, to be together all the time. Yeah. <clears throat> Which was, I mean, I guess we could have guessed that, but at right. the same time, like to think the amount of possibilities of what could be the number one, you know, breakup causer was just people getting on each other's nerves. Yeah. Like totally. And when you step away from that, like how, how immature and how, ridiculous yeah. But I mean, I can't talk. I've never been cramped up in a bus with dudes for <laughs> six months. Right. You know, right. like I can't, I can't speak from outside. Like, yeah, what's ridiculous. Yeah. But in well, reality, that's where social skills come in because it's like, there's you and you got to deal with yourself and more than likely, you're bonkers. Yeah. I know I am. <laughs> then you got four other dudes that are bonkers. So you got five people that are absolutely bonkers crammed in this space and this traveling hot dog <laughs> across <laughs> the country. Dog. And it's like, you know, you got to be able to get along. Yeah. And you're right. It's like bands break up because I can't stand that dude. I hate him. And for whatever reason, I hate the way he brushes his teeth. That could you know, be it. That, that could be the yeah, breaking it always, point. Yeah, and it always blows my mind that these amazing mega bands, they always break up. And I always think, just get back together for the fans. The only time you have to see them is the two hours on the stage. The other 22 hours, separate buses, separate hotels, separate everything. F you, I don't, I don't care. I hate your guts, but let's go make this loot. Let's go make this cake, man. Let's go give the fans what they want. Let's. It's let's almost like you have the responsibility at a certain point. Yeah. Where, you know, it yeah. has to be bigger than how much you dislike yeah. someone else. I'm the biggest Van Halen fan. It's like, man, just, uh, yeah. just get Michael that? Anthony back. Put the original lineup together. Who cares? They just go. they just stopped. Yeah. They just. Yeah, it's just like whatever. Whatever grievances you have, set those aside. Go make massive amounts of cake. Give the fans such as myself the, the joy of, of a lifetime and, and, and when it's all said and done which will only be a month or or two tops you're done yeah you never have to see this person again yeah ever fuck you bye yeah. but hey you I just helped change people's lives 
All right, I got fu money, so bye. I got fu money. <laughs> but you know, I mean, that, that's just my selfish thing. But but I mean, don't you think that's right though? I mean, like like you said, like there's a certain responsibility, but also when you when you've created something so amazing, yeah, it it is amazing whether you like each other or not, because when Ooh, those four or five people I get like together. That. When those when those humans get together and make that music, there's, it's undeniable. And you know, uh, you, be, you know, Led Zeppelin, Metallica. When Metallica gets together, dude, undeniable, undeniable. And you could have Jason step in on bass. You could have Trujillo step in on bass. And you could have all, all the different factions of Metallica. But and the, you know what to expect. Oh man, you know what I mean? That's great. And it's like that's what we that's as fans that's what we strive for it's like yes yeah yes we want to feel as close to what you're creating as we can yes because we're a fan and we love you and we want to support you and you know and i think that's such a lacking thing like getting back to the selfie inside the bedroom thing Mm -hmm. of, of just yeah i'm in my bedroom playing drums okay that's amazing what you can do but are you ever going to move out of the bedroom and join a bass player and a guitar player and maybe Go make thirty five bucks at the coffee shop playing ten yeah. songs. Yeah, I'm doing it October twenty sixth. There you go. <laughs> I'm like a coffee shop, oh, a there tiny you go. little coffee shop, Moore Park, and I I, I sought it out just because like for this exact reason, I I went through like a year or two of playing all like the bars and clubs in L A. Yeah. and I I just burnt out on it. Yeah, just because I was like I don't know why I'm doing I'm losing a lot of money on this right. to start, and I was like I want to play some local gigs. I played this brewery in Westlake a few times. I'm doing it again in November. And it's like this this smaller vibe, this ability to sit down. It's like, it's not even about me showing off what I've got. It's about me being able to sit there and pour out what I love so much. And this yeah. two people being there with me. And it's like, I don't care if it's a stadium or a coffee shop, that feeling right there, sure. that's that's why. Oh, yeah, that's that's why we do it. Because we we have this talent and it's a gift. And we're giving that gift here. away. Yeah, It's exhausting. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, it is. And the gift needs to be disseminated for those to enjoy you know i love that i love where your head's at man this is it's inspiring well you know i just try to come from that place every day and 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 i'm i'm no different from all of you out there it's hard man and i've been doing it forever and it's just i don't know anything else to do i mean i i've worked at lucky supermarket i could go apply for a job (laughs) at trader joe's i know how to stock you know shelves and i know how to do produce i know how to do that but my joy and my passion and my heart belongs to music. And you get to see the world and be a part of a huge, I mean, one of the most, maybe the most important thing that human beings have, you know, other than each other. Right, right. And so next time when I'm feeling shitty about myself, I'm going to come back to this interview and watch this particular Fuck segment, yeah. you know, wind back 15 seconds go, I love what I do, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> Use this. Have this on repeat. Like, Kurt's amazing. Oh, Kurt, if God. you're listening to this right oh, now, God. I'm looking at you and telling you you're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Self-help. So, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so when you're on tour, though, sorry, I'm like jumping right back in. No, it's all right. I'm, just, I'm so curious about this. Um, Bed bugs? <laughs> Is that what? Bed bugs? <laughs> www.bedbugreports.com I go to this website all the time Cause man When you stay in hotels There are bed bugs in hotels And in five star hotels I mean, Whoa, I'm not gonna name so any names Hey man When <laughs> you're on tour it, tell me, tell me. Dude when you're on tour There are things like that that happen 
Oh, what a Think nightmare. Think about it. I, it. Dude, I know. And I, I, I'm not a germaphobe, but I'm aware. Bed bugs is okay to be upset about. Dude. <laughs> it's a pretty shitty thing. I, yeah, I toured in Europe <laughs> once, and I I didn't. This was before bedbugsreports.com. Bedbugreports.com. I got bit by bed bugs. That's miserable. Yeah. I've and so, there. yeah. So I was in a cabin in the woods, but <laughs> yeah. But still, like if you're on tour, man, that's an important thing because, like, who yeah. who the hell wants to be on tour and you get bit by bed bugs, dude? I know. Anyway, that's see, cr- that's re- totally relatable to touring. But there's so many things that just it seems like that's it's it's not like you said it's not just like parties and this and that. And of course, people can say, oh yeah, it's obviously a lot of work and it's nonstop. But then you take. Forget the schedule, forget everything. <laughs> and then there's these tiny little variables that can literally make everything shatter. Oh, dude. So it's like, I don't care if you don't like an <clears throat> artist that's like famous. Like if you're not into their music or you think they're a poser or fake or don't even write. Like if they're on tour and they're going through that, like you can't, you can't fully hate them. You have to respect someone on tour. There is yeah. a level of work ethic and dedication and commitment that there is, is that it has to be there or it's not possible. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Especially to get up on stage and do anything, even just stand there for two hours. I know, I know, I know. So true. So so much respect. So much respect. Oh my god, bed bugs. Well, <laughs> that was hilarious. I was like about to, I was about to ask you about like you know being in the band and you're like bed bugs. Like fuck. <laughs> uh, but right, being, but no no go ahead. Uh, but being in the band, um, messing up on stage. Like if you're part of a band, like it's your band. Like you messed up, like ah oh, fuck it, the drummer messed up. But if you're a hired gun, like the pressure's got to be way more, right? Well, it is only because you're you're serving that song, you're serving that artist, and it's got to sound somewhat like the record or feel somewhat like the record. You can't put your personality into it. What if all you like mess up though? I mean, it's 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 it's, it's got to be a huge deal. It is, but that's why you rehearse. That's what <laughs> rehearsals are for. And usually that's what happens when before any tour I, I do, there's some sort of rehearsal yeah. for a week or a month. You know, just, Yeah, how do you prep for that? Well, because I've been with Sarah for 10 years, I pretty much know her catalog already. Yeah. But like if I'm going over to Europe and I'm touring with an Italian artist or a French artist, you know, there's about a month of rehearsal in that. It's a different language. It's a different country altogether, you know, um, do you practice at home or do you meet them there and then you guys get together? And start uh, meet practicing? them there and we rehearse, or sometimes they send the music ahead of time with charts and you just kind of go over everything, go over everything and look at it and go, wow. okay. And, you know, nothing really comes into play until you're actually sitting down behind the drums with the other musicians. Yeah. You could sit there and practice all you want, but until you hook up with the bass player and see where he puts it, mm. all bets are off. Wow. See that—that's another level of skill that we have to have, right? Yeah, because you're coming into a situation where there's other musicians involved, and you're used to playing a certain way. But your bass player and your keyboard player rush, mm. and you kind of sit back on the beat. How can I adjust my drumming, or your guitar playing, or their keyboard playing? How can we all three adjust so it feels good as three people? playing as one huh. you know I mean I, well that's the social skills as a musician <clears throat> like forget just be a mu- musician well, mus- social skills right musician show up and adapt and read other people and speak right. to them through what you're doing right exactly through the music and through the personalities and being able to be flexible to listen pay attention you know 
there, there's so many young drummers that I've seen that are just like, yeah, man, here I am, and this is what I do, and you follow me. Yeah, but, bro, there's seven other people on the stage. Yeah. You got to pay attention to what's going on, and especially the singer, the lead person. That's everything. That, that's everything. You're just the drummer, and you're the other six parts of the band to support the singer or the lead person. Yeah, and if you're not doing that, then you're. I don't care how good you are, you're not yeah, doing your job. You could be a virtuoso, but if you're not part of the team, no one cares. You're fired. Yeah. Wow, I love that. Musician social skills. That's gonna be like the freaking episode title. I swear. Musician that's such, social that's such skills. A, such a bathe. That's, that's such underarm a... deodorant. Those are very key things too. Ooh, <laughs> bathing. Hey, you bathing know, shoot them at me. I'm like, I don't know. So I'm so curious. Like, just dude, shoot just, at me just, just, bed bugs, bathing. Okay, um, um, imagine being, imagine being in tight. Okay, imagine being in this studio. Okay, with four other dudes for a month. That would be a nightmare. You got to figure it all out. All right, who's gonna use the bathroom first? Who's gonna shower first? Who's sleeping on the couch? Who's sleeping on the floor? Who's yeah. Who farts at <laughs> night when they're sleeping? Who's, you know, what, whatever. You have to, like, know all their habits, yeah. Yeah, and you become a family. You, you become brothers and sisters. It's like, that's one of the great things about touring because you get to meet other musicians and hang out with them, and then you be, there's this family vibe. I mean, I have brothers and sisters that are in Italy and France, you know, Japan. You're forced to be that close. Yeah, you're yeah. forced to be that close. And I, I know them, and it brings this bond that will be forever. Wow. So if I don't see them for 10, 15 years, it's like, dude, remember that tour we did? Blah, blah, blah. And that's too cool. Yeah, and it's, it's it, you know, that's one of the beautiful things about being a hired gun and to be hired. Like this thing I, I did uh, last week in D.C. with Katy Perry, Mavis Staples, and uh, Nora Jones. It was all these different musicians in the house band that I've never played with before, but now I consider consider them my bros because they're they were cool guys and they played their butts off and you guys just, connected on a deep level. Yeah, music. connected musically, spiritually, uh, um, all of it. The food thing, everything just falls. Oh yeah, good food, man. That's everything. Is it really touring? Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Always check. Where the best food comes from, wherever Matt you're touring. Matt I uh, years ago when he first started about playing the with, food. When he first started playing with Elton John, I uh, I had a session with him, and it was the first time I'd seen him since he started touring with Elton. Yeah. And I was like, so what it's like? And the first thing that comes out of his mouth, he's like, dude, everything is catered. <laughs> he's like, I put on like eight pounds just from because he's like backstage, dressing room, the bus. He's like, no matter where you go, there's a full spread of catered food. I'm like, I'd love to tour with Elton John. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, you got to be careful on the road, man, because it's like. Believe it or not, I lose weight when I'm on tour because it's just it, the, there's so much. Too. Yeah. Well, but there's so much temptation. I mean, you go into Chicago, it's like, oh my god, uh, Chicago and Chicago food. style pizza. Okay, great. Uh, back east, all right, uh, more pizza there. You know, just <laughs> so it's all these these temptations. There's a lot, that's another thing too. A lot of temptations on the road. Well, for me, it's food and you know. Um, Coffee shops, you know, but for others it could be uh, strip clubs. It could be sex, drugs, yeah, and rock yeah, and roll. Yeah, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. But yeah, it's just you know, touring is a. Do you have something that grounds you? Yeah, you know, just I try to stay focused on the job at hand. You know, I'm out there to do a good job. To do a good job, you got to stay healthy, stay focused on the music, and pay attention what's happening every night 
when you're on stage, you know, because every venue is different. It sounds and feels different. And, uh, you know, some nights you can hear yourself. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes you're too loud. You're not loud enough. You can't hear the vocalist. You can't. So it's always this changing thing. Yeah. It's always changing. Always. Well, I think because you have also have a lot of experience, uh, you might have a little bit of like what to expect. You know? Yeah, so yeah. There's that. Yeah, and always um, you got to always keep an open mind and an open frame of mind just to go. Okay, yeah, we're at this venue, and all oh, right, it's outdoors. It's mosquito season. Let me yeah. put on repellent. You know. Let, yeah, you're you're a, you're a master of what you do. <laughs> you're a master of the craft of touring. It seems because a lot of people a lot of people oh. lose it on the tour. Oh yeah, I've I have friends that were in bands that were signed, toured the country, and broke up just because touring. Literally after the first tour, done. Pussies. Yeah, no, I, I <laughs> I'm not gonna disagree with you on that one, at all. No, I, uh, it's hard, man. But I'm also <clears throat> not gonna take away from the fact that it is. Yeah, it's it's hard because you gotta again, you gotta put up with not just the band but the crew, everyone, the management. It just it's because it, everyone wants to be heard and everyone wants to have a little bit of their way, right? Yeah. Well, you know what I, you know what, you know what it's equivalent to a traveling circus. It mm. is a freaking circus. Huh. Right? It's just like the the head clown and then everyone else. You know, then you got the yeah. dancing elephants and the two headed monkey. And you just <laughs> you know, it just it's yeah. just nonstop, and, and and all those plates have to spin to some degree of. Harmony. Harmony and sanity. <laughs> yeah. Because if not, man, no, the whole chaos. thing just, the wheels come off and it could be chaotic. Wow. So that's so, why a good tour manager is good and, you know, someone that knows how to book a tour and book proper hotels so you get proper ooh. sleep and a bus that actually works. Yeah, I'm going to have to bring Chris back on here and make him, like, break down, like, step by step putting a tour together just so everyone can understand how much actually goes into yeah. it. Yeah. That oh yeah, because Chris, he, Chris I think he's doing Jay Balvin right now. Jake Balvin, yeah, he's the Argentinian guy, and then uh, he just turned down John. <clears throat> he had, or he, oh, he was supposed to do John Mayer's first two weeks. Like he's, I mean, he's the best at what he, what he does, yeah. right? So he's getting all these big names. Yeah, yeah. And when he talks about it, like you know, he's Chris Gratton. He's like, you know, I call him the original roadie. You know, he's totally chill. It's what he does. Is but it's like you would never guess how much work these people are doing. Oh, it's just endless. It's endless. You know, and again, the traveling circus. Circus. Let's say the semi has all the gear in it and it breaks down. Oh, man. And they got to be there at load in at 8 in the morning. But overnight, it broke down. Transmission went up. There has to be a backup plan. Yeah. There's always a scenario. My, You got to interview my friend, Mark St. Louis. He's a tour manager. He's out right now with... Uh, Send him my way. I think he's out right now with Brian Wilson. The Beach Boys. Anyway, he, this dude has a backup plan for backup plans for any plan. And I've seen him do it. I've been in his production office watching him juggle, spin plates, pull rabbits out of someone's ass. Like, it's just like, like literally like, whoa, man. Holy shit. That's a, not only are you like a travel agent, but you're like a therapist. You're he's like he's all these things all in one because he's got to keep everything in rotation because 
there's the band. They got to show up. They got to make sure they check in in the hotel on oh time. Okay, the gear's got to be there. Okay, yeah, but the next tomorrow they fly to London and they're, London they're doing a TV performance and the TV performance has to make sure that their gear is there. And it's like it's this constant. I'm stressed out just listening. <laughs> yeah, but to him it all makes sense because he's moving the chess it's like pieces. Art. It is. It's like a big chess game, and you have to make sure all these things are right. Because if the band shows up and none of the gear is there, oh my god, everyone gets fired. Oh my goodness, that's why. Or they don't do the gig or something. So there's, there has to be all these things in place way before, while the band is sleeping. Man, there's all kinds of shit going on. Oh god, it's 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 bonkers. I mean, it, I mean, I'm I just hope people ta- take into heart what you're saying when they see a live performance at any level, like the amount of things that had to yeah, go on. Next time you guys go to a concert, just know that they were there either the night before or two nights before or really, really early in the morning setting up the speakers that you see hanging from the ceiling, all the lights, Everything. the sound guy, all that wiring that you see. It's just Not hours and backstage. Hours. Yeah, and it's just hours on end, just hours and hours of preparation. It's crazy. It, it, it really is, man. It's like, and we're part of it. You know, being a musician, it's like, that's the easy part. We're the guys that are celebrated. Like, oh, here comes the band. Yeah. But without the technicians, the band ain't shit. Oh, man. Because if they don't set up the electricity, if the electricity isn't happening, or, I mean, there's so many things, dude. So, Jesus. like, it's, it, I, I'm getting a headache just thinking about it. Because I've seen it. It's like, whoa, how are we going to do tonight's show with no electricity? Oh, you called the generator. Cool. We've got a generator now. Holy crap. Or, you know, promoters, they booked it at this arena. Oh, shit, this arena's flooded. What are they going to do? They either cancel the show and refund tickets or they move it to another venue. Dude. Oh, we could move it to the stadium across the, across the town? All right. Dude, done. Everyone wants refunds then. You know, it's like. Yeah, yeah. Well, because it's. It's, it's crazy. It's. I think it takes a, a very special breed of person yeah. to be able to handle that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, and and we're all. I'm there to handle the drums. Chris is there to handle the touring. Every, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, oversee. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's it it it's again a traveling circus. Literally, traveling circus seems almost easier at this point. I know, right? Yeah. Well, before we go, I want to I want to ask you, as I ask most of my guests, uh, I want to know what your advice would be now t- uh, for, say, someone <clears throat> just turned eighteen. They're a musician, <clears throat> and they're virtuoso. So they're incredible at what they do. They can write music, they can perform, they can be a frontman, but they can also be a session player. What's your advice to that person on how to choose their next step, what they want to go after? Well, I would do it all and pay attention to what feels most natural and what you enjoy the most out of trying all those things. Because you may find out that being a session guy or, or, or gal isn't for you. Maybe you're just a writer and you're too shy to stand in front of a microphone and sing and play. You just want to be, be behind the scenes and write amazing songs you know there's so many ways to go and I, I i think the best way to approach it is just put your toes in the pool and and see what feels best you know and that's what's great about the creative arts is that there are no rules yeah you know the only rules to have a good time while you do it and um 
create the only rule in life. Yeah. Enjoy yeah. It. And create the best <laughs> music you can, you know. And uh, the money always comes if that's your, your goal is to become a famous rich rock star. Sure. That comes or it doesn't, but it's the journey along the way. And enjoy that journey. I've played on so many records for up and coming artists that all they want is the stardom. Yeah. And unfortunately, they lose the focus of the journey. And so they never get to see the stardom because mm. they missed all that heavenly glory of, of the process. And it is a process. You know, you, you, I guess you could buy your way in. Like if you're a multimillionaire, I'm, you know, whatever. Yeah, I know a few guys that are multimillionaires that produce records with bands like the house band from The Voice. And it's not, doesn't mean they're rock stars. Right. So there you go. There's there's one example, but it, it, it's a process, and and I think the joy of music, the joy of creating, is enjoying the process of it. You know, I still enjoy the process of learning a new drum beat or a technique or a sticking, or that to me is still exciting. Mm-hmm. I don't do it as as much as I should, but man, when I do, it's like so fulfilling. Hell yeah! You know, so I think I think my advice is to approach music with Respect, confidence, um, artistry, creativity, vulnerability, and not think of it as this stepping stone to get laid or make a ton of money or become famous. Hmm. Because there's so many other factors of creating music that are much, much more uh, rewarding. Hell yeah. I don't know. That was deep. I like it. it. I don't know. That was is that too deep? No, that was that, <laughs> dude, that's that's what this show's about. Man. That was Well, hey man. You know what? I think <clears throat> at the end of the day, if you could lay your head on the pillow and sleep well, that's that's a good day. You did a good day of something, you know. Yeah. Whether it be music or exercise or hanging out with people you love and love being around, that's a good day. Rock and and I think that's that's more of a that's more of a thing. I'm really trying to do more is is to be around more people because it's comfortable to be in our little cocoon here and create. Yeah. You could you could sit in here all day, I bet, write a tune, record some vocals, you know, whatever. You could yeah. get, yeah, and you're missing out on this beautiful sunny day here in yeah. California. You're missing out on your friends or your family or whatever, and yeah. there's that too. Yeah. You know, the great Herbie Hancock said it best. Uh, a friend of mine told me he heard him speak, and he said, you know, what makes me a great keyboard player is that I'm not only a keyboard player. I'm a brother. I'm a son. I'm a father. I'm an uncle. Wow. I'm a neighbor. I'm a, a student. You know, it was all those things that he is in life to become what he is for what he's known for. And it's so true. You know, there's other things. There's more to me than just being a drummer, you know. Leonardo da Vinci, uh, his resume, he listed a number of things and at the bottom he said and sometimes I paint wow yeah so <laughs> okay we're done brought to you by pre-post <laughs> go get fixed if you're a musician and in pain seriously <laughs> seriously can this guy sort me out yeah no he's got a full facility in Thousand Oaks um, it's all about he uses he takes in multiple different methods of corrective training postural uh, training um, is it massage and, or no he, it's actually like it's like he, he designs programs for you um 
and training routines that actually help your body get more mobile, fix your posture, nice. any sort of joint. I mean, he basically uh, fixes all pain. Like, it's incredible. Wow. Without drugs. No, no, no drugs. It's literally like, it's like hiring a trainer, but instead of like working out to build muscle, you're building muscle, you're fixing your back. I mean, it's all about finding what fixes you. Wow. It's, he's incredible. He's, it's, wow. it's, a, it's a really incredible. How facility. much is he? I don't know. You'd have to talk to him. Right. He's uh, it works differently with every client. So I want the Hyg special. The Hyg special. Yeah, if I went in there and said, careful who you say that. To. Yeah, yeah, right. Ooh, we got to charge triple for that. <laughs> well, everyone, Kirky B, Kirk yo, Scott, what's thank up? Thank you so much, man. Man, anytime, bro. Anytime. This you was know, it's beautiful. It's always great. Thank Rock you for having me. Peace out. <laughs>